thankful for that. Had lunch with a man today, and and uh, anyhow, if I told you his background, or if I told you what he does for a living, you would uh, you'd probably understand this a little better. But uh, we sat and had lunch today, and he told me he said, "Man, I've been in and out of church my whole life," and he said, "I've never come to a church and felt the presence of God." the way that I do at Calvary. And uh, he said, man, I've been to church after church after church. And I said, you know, that's something that we take for granted. A lot of folks take for granted. And a lot of folks that have experienced our church, gotten saved at our church or whatever, they don't know what other churches are like. And uh, anyhow, me and him just had a really good conversation about how God uh, has how, how God moves in our services in the singing and the preaching and uh, man it was just testimony to our church and I sure appreciate uh, you because you're a part of that and uh, anyhow I have messed up and come up here uh, with one of them uh, them um, red hots in my mouth is everybody all right and uh it pains me to have to spit that thing out because I like them so much. That thing's good. All right, it's a piece of cinnamon, uh, candy or something. Anyhow, Brother Richard, give them to me. And, man, it's amazing. But usually I eat the thing before I come up here, so I ain't got it in my mouth, and I forgot to. It got so good, all right? But anyhow, take your Bibles and turn to First John chapter number 1. First John chapter number 1, and uh, we'll read the whole chapter because there's only 10 verses in it, and uh, so it shouldn't take us long uh, to read, and uh, we'll read the whole chapter of First John and uh, chapter number 1. We'll get the subject tonight, and then we'll take a look at it uh, uh, maybe a little deeper. I won't keep you long, and uh, I realize that, uh, I, you know, uh, how many of you are like me, and it feels like it's 11 o'clock right now, right? And uh, so anyhow, <laughs> uh, uh, it's, uh, it's different, and uh, so anyhow, especially when you get old. Okay, I was, I was trying to identify who I had here, all right? All right, if you're in First John chapter number 1, I want you to stand up. Oh, yeah. Preacher, you going to read the whole chapter and why are we standing? Man, I know it. I know it. Bless your heart. And uh, it's just going gonna, it's, it's to kill you. I know it. I know it. And uh, anyhow, if you can't stand, it's all right. And uh, you can have you, you can sit. And, uh, but uh, if you can't stand, I, I ask you to as we read. Uh, the Bible says in verse number one, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled. Of the word of life. Amen. Yeah, I hope you know who he's talking about right here. All right. Uh, that big old W, you see that W and it's capitalized. You know we ain't just talking about the word. We ain't just talking about, we are talking, we ain't just talking about a word. We're talking about the word. All right. And uh, you have to remember, John identified him, and this is first John, but John identified him in his gospel as. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? And so, and the Bible tells us, he, he's the one that also told us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, all right? And so, when he gives this name, uh, he is taught, we know who he's talking about. Verse number two, for the life was manifested, talking about Jesus, it means he came to earth, and we have seen it and bear witness 
and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Verse number three, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. Listen to this, because here's our subject. That ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things write we unto you, that your joy may be I'm going to stop right there, and we'll pray, and then you can have a seat, and then I'll read the rest of the chapter. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. God, we are so grateful, Lord, for what you've already done here tonight. Lord, how you've moved already tonight. Lord, I pray that you continue to move as we preach, as we read, and God, I pray that we'll leave here differently. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can have a seat. So John opens up this book, his letter, and he is writing to this group of believers, all right? He's not writing to just anybody. He's writing to a group of believers. He takes them all the way back in the beginning, all right? So he takes them all the way back in the beginning, and he tells us that the Word, uh, did everybody notice that in the very first verse? That which was from the beginning. He's not talking about from the beginning of creation. He's talking about from eternity past, from the beginning. And the Word was with God, all right? And the Word was God. This all took place before Jesus, all right, spoke the world into existence. And so he takes us back to the beginning. Now, that's important because as we come to the subject of fellowship, we're going to get an understanding that fellowship took place before you and I were ever created. Before man was created, there was fellowship, all right? So to have fellowship, there must be an object of fellowship. And of course, we know that in the beginning, we had the triune, right? And so the Bible tells us in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That word, therefore, God is in plural form. It later tells us, let us make man in our image. And so the Trinity is all the way back in Genesis chapter number one. And so fellowship began before the creation of this world and before the creation of man. Fellowship was something that was desired by the Father. Matter of fact, when Jesus created, and by the way, that is very uh, uh, very factual uh, throughout your Bible. The Bible tells us in the book of Colossians that all things consist, or all things were created by Christ, and all things consist because of him. That, that word consists there literally means means they're held together by Christ. We're also told in the book of Revelation that all things were created for his, or by him and for his pleasure. And so Jesus is a creating part of the triune. We know that when Jesus spoke it all into existence in chapter number one, and he comes in Genesis, and he comes to uh, uh, the day six, we know that he created man. He formed him out of the dust of the ground. But the Bible tells us something you may miss is that God walked with Adam 
in the cool of the day. How many of you remember that verse? I preached on it not too long ago. But in that, in that uh, we understand that God has a desire of fellowship not only amongst themselves but with us. All right, And it was Jesus, by the way, that walked in the cool of the day with Adam in the garden. All right, I, I ain't got time to teach you all of that, uh, but know this, no man has seen the Father and lived. All right, You can't. All right, So if they do see God, then they see God in the manifestation of Jesus Christ. And so when you go back in the Old Testament and see the Theophanies and the Christophanies back, same thing, in the, in the Old Testament, it is always Jesus Christ whom they are seeing all right now with that being known John takes us back there to show us fellowship existed before creation and so the subject of fellowship here is in found in verse number three it says and that which we have seen and heard Jesus we declare unto you all right that ye also may have fellowship with us because our true fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So in verse number 4, he says, And these things we write unto you, uh, uh, write we unto you, that your joy may be full. I want to look at this thought tonight on fellowship with God. If it's fellowship with God, I want to say this tonight. Some of the problems that you and I have with fellowship with one another is because we're not in correct fellowship with God. I'm fixing to show you that, all right? You're a little slow on the, you're a little uh, slow off the start right there, all right? So the fellowship that you and I lack with one another, all right? This is a big problem nowadays. Well, I don't have to go to church. I don't have to do these things. I don't have to do that. A lack of fellowship with fellow believers is an indicator of a lack of fellowship with and John proves it right here. Is everybody all right? And uh, uh, so we'll continue reading. Verse number five says, This then is a message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. See, y'all didn't believe me a minute ago. But John points it out that if we're in correct fellowship with God, then we will have, did everybody say that? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, John, just to make sure that I, I know he had some holy people in there. He had some self-righteous people in there. And so he had to put this verse in there. Is everybody ready? He says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. So if you're sitting in the building tonight and you're like, man, I ain't sinned since I got saved. You're a liar. Okay, uh, you sin right there because you're a liar, all right? Uh, John says you've deceived yourself, all right? Now, now, how would we do that, preacher? How would that come about, uh, uh, us deceiving ourselves? How would that come about? We would say things like, uh, 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 nobody's perfect. I need somebody to help me. Or we'd say something like, it was just a mistake. No, it was sin. And, and, and nobody's perfect is not an excuse to... Sin, all right? And so the truth is, 
is that we are sinners, all right, dependent upon God's grace, all right, and, and, and dependent upon God's forgiveness. And so uh, if, we see that we have no, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now verse number nine, this is my favorite verse. Somebody say amen. If you're, sin, if you're a sinner, this ought to be your very favorite verse, all right? And that would be for all of us. Is, there, is everybody good? All right, so if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One of the greatest verses in the Bible. For somebody that is imperfect, somebody that does make mistakes, all right, we sin, but God gave us a blank check and said, if you'll just put in right here, confession, your sins, I'll pay the debt. And he has. He paid the debt. All right? Now, verse number 10. Here we go. If we say that we have not sinned, uh-oh, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. It's a dangerous place to be. All right? So as we look at this word tonight, as we look at this subject tonight of fellowship, I want to look at three things concerning fellowship. I want to look at the reality of fellowship right off the bat, if we can do that. I want you to notice that it was from the beginning. Fellowship, I've already said it, I've already kind of preached it, but John starts us off in the beginning with just God, the Father, God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and he shows us that fellowship existed before man was created, before the creation of earth and this world, there was fellowship in heaven. He also shows us that that blessing of fellowship, we see that fellowship up in the first verse that was in the beginning, but understanding the blessing of fellowship, we understand where Jesus said, restore the glory unto me that was shared in the beginning, all right, before the foundation of the world. What is he talking about? Fellowship. The fellowship that he had, this is what Jesus was talking about, the fellowship that he had with the Father. Can I say this? There's nothing greater. Somebody help me right now. But there is nothing greater than being in true fellowship with the Lord. Right? Because when we are in full, our true fellowship with the Lord we experience the fullness of joy. We'll get to that in just a few moments. So we see its beginning. We see its blessing, but we see its bidding. God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with me, and therefore he has opened the door for fellowship. Do you realize that you and I have privileges that they did not have in the Old Testament? They did not get to come to God. They did not get to have a relationship with God. That was the purpose of the tabernacle, that was the purpose of the veil, was to separate man from God because man could not fellowship with God because God is a holy God. And to fellowship with God, you must come to God clean. In the Old Testament, they had to come to God with the blood of bulls and of goats, and they had to come to God with the blood of the lamb. But you and I, we come to God because of the blood of the lamb. And so we have access through his flesh, that is to say through the veil. You and I enjoy fellowship with the Father that has not, not even the disciples 
had this type of fellowship. You say, well, preacher, but the disciples walked with him for three and a half years. He did. But Jesus even told Philip, do you not even know who I am as long as you have been with me? Right? Because even though he had walked with Christ, even though he had ate with him, even though he had slept in the same places, walked on the same ground, he did not have true fellowship with him. And I'm going to show you that. I hope to show you that. That fellowship comes through the Holy Spirit that lives in us. I need somebody to say amen. So we see the reality of fellowship. But I want you to notice, number two, the results of fellowship. When we are in correct fellowship with the Lord, verse number four, verse number four, when we are in correct fellowship with the Lord, I want you to look what happened. And these things write we unto you that your, come on, say it out loud now, your joy may be full. Does that mean your happiness? (laughs) No. See, we get that thing confused all the time. And, but it ain't got nothing to do with happiness, all right? Uh, this idea that God wants you to be happy. No, God wants your joy to be full. Matter of fact, Jesus, back in uh, uh, John chapter number uh, 15, Jesus uh, uh, speaking with the disciples. If you know John chapter number 15, then you know that uh, um, uh, this is the last night that Christ was on the earth. Uh, John chapter number 13, there was a washing of the feet. John chapter number 13 was in the upper room. Everybody got with, everybody with me now? And so this, this John 15, 16, 17 was Jesus talking to his disciples before he would be taken. Jesus said to his disciples in John 15, verse number 11, These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Jesus wanted the believer, he wanted his followers, he wanted his disciples to experience full joy, the fullness of joy, not happiness, joy, all right? Verse number 16, he says it again. In verse number 16, uh, uh, let me get, let me find the verse, all right, because I got all kind of stuff uh, marked on this thing, all right? Uh, verse 24, John 16, verse 24. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. He said, ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be Full. This is Jesus speaking on his last night of earth. Verse number, uh, or chapter number 17 is where he said uh, to the Father, Glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Uh, but the Bible goes on, uh, Jesus says in verse number 13, And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. And so Jesus' desire was not for you and I to be happy, but his desire was that you and I would experience full joy. All right? I wrote this down. Happiness is dependent upon the circumstances around us. Can I get a witness right there? Man, if something happens in your life, Dalton, Dalton just killed it. He killed a big old buck. All right? Dalton sends me a video, and I got deer standing around me, and I got deer around me, and I, I wasn't going to answer the video or, or, or look at the video because I didn't know. I could tell just the little picture it showed me that there was happiness. Can I get a witness, all right? And so uh, later I got to look at the video and Dalton was like, uh, Dalton was like, yes, you know, on the thing. And he wasn't hollering or anything like that, but you could see the happiness. Why? Because circumstances, 
The circumstances has led him to happiness, all right? Uh, I had a hole-in-one here recently, and uh, I hit a hole-in-one. Dalton was playing with me, and uh, anyhow, it was my first hole-in-one after coming close a bunch of times, and so there was happiness because of my circumstances. Now, Dalton's played enough golf with me to know that I have come close, and there's no happiness when you come close. All right, and, and, and so happiness is dependent upon our circumstances. In other words, its source is outward, right? Its source is outward. You get a raise, somebody help me. You happy. You get a gift, somebody help me. You happy. You get a speeding ticket, you're not happy. Your happiness is dependent upon circumstances, and it is outward. But joy is dependent on Christ, and it is inward. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? See, joy, joy doesn't mean everything's going okay. Joy doesn't mean that everything's going exactly the way I want it. Joy doesn't mean that I'm just excited because my circumstances are good. Joy is something that the believer experiences on the inside. And when you are right with God, somebody help me, but when you are right with God, then you experience the joy or the fullness of joy in your life. All right, now I can prove it. Is everybody all right? Have you ever been in sin? Don't lie because if you say you ain't sin, you're a liar, all right? Now, have you ever been in sin and you are absolutely miserable? Right? There's no joy. But it's not circumstances. I need somebody to help me. It's something on the inside. Remember when you first got saved? You remember when you first got saved and, and, and there was this struggle, all right? It's still a struggle today. The, the flesh and the spirit is warring against one another. But you remember when you first got saved and you were trying to walk on both sides of the fence? You still had a foot in the world and you're still trying to get a foot over here? I need somebody to help me. You really wasn't ready to turn loose of some of the friends and some of the things that you did, and you were trying to tightrope and trying to walk in between, and you were, somebody help me, miserable. But as soon as you surrendered to the Spirit, as soon as you got right with God, you experienced joy. Why? There's nothing like knowing that you are in a right relationship with God. Can I get a witness right there? And so when, when you are in a right relationship with God, you are in fellowship, and with fellowship comes joy. There's so many people today that are walking around miserable because you're basing your joy off of circumstances. I need somebody to help me. Your circumstances, they come and go. You will be happy this day. You can be happy one minute and mad as fire the next, and then sad as you could possibly be the next. You cannot, you cannot base your relationship, walk, or God's goodness on the circumstances around you. People are evil. People are going to do you wrong. I need somebody to help me. The Bible tells us that Satan's going to steal your joy. And let me help you out with something. He'll use people to do that. 
You ever been real excited about something and then somebody just comes and just, I mean, just, just ruins your excitement? Uh, we don't fight against flesh and blood. So here, the result of fellowship being right with God is joy in our lives. And it's only experienced in Christ. It's an inward joy. We, we get joy. Its source is Christ, and its source, or it's dependent on Christ, and its source is inward. All right? And so, therefore, when you and I get saved, the Holy Spirit comes in, and now we have true fellowship with God. Right? But the only way that that works with joy is if we're in right fellowship with God. Now, I can prove it because John goes on. See, he didn't stop right there. He goes on, and he says this. He says, uh, uh, we're still in John chapter number one. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Now, I'm going to say something. I don't want to make everybody mad, but it's probably going to make some folks mad. There's some people that never have joy because you're not in a right relationship with God. You have no desire to be around the people of the church because you have no fellowship. Oh, I need somebody to help me. Man, I have talked to so many people, preacher, I just ain't got no friends at the church. I ain't got this at the church. I just, I just can't connect at the church. I can't con- if, we, if you and I can't connect at the cross, if you call yourself a believer and you and I can't connect right there at that cross, this is your verse. If we say we have fellowship and we, yet we walk in darkness, then we lie and do not the truth. And so we see the reality of fellowship. We see the results of fellowship. When we are in correct fellowship, we will have joy, something that God desires. Not only does he desire fellowship, but he desires that our joy will be full. And the only way for our joy to be full is through fellowship. All right? So how do we maintain it? All right, what's the requirement of fellowship? First off, we got to confront sin. I need somebody to help me. You have to confront sin. Did you notice how John worded it? He says this. He says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, all right? This is after he's told us in verse number five. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness, none, none at all. Is everybody with me? No darkness at all. Then he says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So this idea of walking in darkness, if God is the light and we're walking in darkness, then we are not with God. I want you to think about that just for a few moments. It might take you a minute. All right, so if God is the light, everybody with me? God is the light, but yet we are walking. Let me, let's illustrate it. Dalton, come up here, all right? Come here, come here, Dalton. Come here, Dalton. Dalton's the light. 
get over there, get over there. All right. Dalton's the light, all right? Dalton is, he, he's God and he is the light. But I'm walking in darkness. Darkness and light don't, they don't come together. Is everybody with me? We turn all the lights off in the building and, and it'd be dark in here. But as soon as you flip the switch and a light comes on, there's not darkness. So if I'm walking, if he is light, and I'm walking in darkness, I'm not with him. Do you understand what John is saying now? John laid it out perfectly. He said, Jesus, is, God is the light. And if you and I are walking in darkness, then we are not with the light. Man, uh, thank you, Dalton. Uh, me and Dalton, Dalton's grown up. Uh, Dalton grew up. Uh, he, he's grown up now. <laughs> but Dalton grew up with me. We coon hunted, all right? Uh, I competition coon hunted. I had coon dogs, and, man, I loved it. I had a good time with it. And uh, that boy right there at 14 years old, he'd go out there and find my dog a mile away from the truck while I sat in the truck with a broke leg and couldn't go out there, all right? And uh, probably younger than that running out there. I, I carried him through the woods, more miles than I care to talk about. Somebody say amen. So uh, anyhow, he was about that high going through all them swamps, and he ended up on my shoulders while we walked through swamps going after coon dogs, all right? What Dalton will tell you and what I'll tell you, and if anybody has been out there in the woods at night, I need somebody to help me right here. There is no light. Now, I got a light that I wear. I still have it. I still have me a coon light. That thing costs about $400. It sits on my head. That thing will light up uh, Clyteville from here, all right? Is everybody with me? And so, anyhow, that thing gets bright. I mean, it is sure enough bright, but I, I need somebody to hear me right here. If you ever out in the woods and a bulb goes out or the battery dies, it gets dark. You think you know dark, but you don't know dark until you're in the middle of a swamp. And you saw, I need somebody to help me. And I, I'm in South Georgia now. I didn't hunt up there with all them sissies up there in the mountains and all that other stuff. I'm out there where something can eat you. And we rocking around and, and, and water that's about knee deep. I need somebody. Is everybody all right? Knee deep, sometimes waist deep. And you walking around in water and it's the middle of the summer and it's 90 degrees outside. And you had the lights on and there was red eyes over there and green eyes. I need somebody to help me right here. And the light goes out. Those eyes are still there. You just don't see them anymore. See, you want to be around the light. And if you ever get into a place like that, and, I, and, and I'm not suggesting that you do, but if you ever get in a place like that, you truly understand what he's saying here. There is, without light, there is total darkness. And when you and I are walking in darkness, it's because we're not with the light. All right? So, John's laying it out for us. He's telling us, all right, if you're walking in darkness, you don't have fellowship. You can't have fellowship because if you're walking in darkness, you're not with the light, all right? Then the next verse, he says this, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, next verse, verse number eight, if we say we have no sin, we, listen, deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. See, we got to confront it. Because to walk around in this life and say, oh, I, I, I'm good. We're deceiving ourselves. So the requirements of fellowship is first that we confront 
our condition. I want to ask you this. Do you enjoy having fellowship with the brethren? If you don't, it's probably an indicator that you ain't in right fellowship with. Are you walking in darkness? If you are, it's an indicator that you don't have fellowship with him. And if you don't have fellowship with him, you're not going to have fellowship with us. See, John says, I'm declaring all these things to you so that you may experience fellowship with us. Do y'all remember that verse back in verse number three? He says, I'm declaring all these things under you, under you so you can have fellowship. In other words, we want you to have fellowship with us, but you're not going to have fellowship with us until you have fellowship with him. And until you're right with him, you won't be right with everybody else. Oh, I need somebody to help me. We don't like we don't like to confront it. We like to give excuses. Many of you you may have seen, but in Ohio yesterday they have they, they voted in Ohio to uh, to be able to abort babies up until the the day they're born. And they celebrated it. They celebrated, they shouted about it. It was all exciting and everything else. And one of our representatives got on there and said, this is because of the church. Man, I wanted to come through. Is everybody all right? I wanted to come through there and choke him out in Jesus' name. Everything's blamed on the church. Everything's blamed on the church. No, people are walking in darkness because they choose to walk in darkness. You have to confront it. And most people aren't willing to confront who they are. If a preacher stands up and says, man, we're all a bunch of worthless, no good sinners, you sit up there and say, who are you talking to? Who you think you are? Listen here. He had to die for you the same way he had to die for me. I don't care how good you think you are. <laughs> I don't care how great you think you are and how much you think you don't sin. He had to die for you just as he died for me. So if we, if we choose to believe that we're not sinners, then we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So first off, tonight, for us to get back in right fellowship, we have to confront our sin. Then you all know the second one. We've got to confess it. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, I'm done, Brother Matt. If we confess our sins, I want you to notice that when we do so, I want you to notice what happens. He forgives us our sins. See, the condition of forgiveness is confession. Can't come to God like Adam did and blame Eve. Can't come to God like Eve did. Blame the serpent. We must confront our sin and who we are, and we must confess it. See, we all want forgiveness. Can I get a witness? Y'all help me now. If y'all don't want forgiveness, raise your hand. God needs to know. We all want forgiveness, but forgiveness is conditional upon us confessing our sins if we confess our sins 
he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. we got a condition. Condition is we must confess our sins. But then we know we see a certainty. Not only do we see a condition, we must confess our sins, but we see a certainty in this verse. He is faithful and just. Does everybody see that? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. See, if I confess them, all right, that's the condition. If I confess them, I receive forgiveness. But if I confess them, there's a certainty that goes along with that forgiveness. And that certainty is if I confess, He will forgive. He's faithful and He is just to forgive us our sins. But there's a completeness to it too. Because when he, we confess our sins... That's the condition of forgiveness. He's faithful and just to forgive our sins. That's a certainty of forgiveness. But there's a completeness in forgiveness. And to cleanse us from, say it with me, let's do this again. Uh, And to cleanse us from unrighteousness, all unrighteousness. See, when you study this word out, a confess, it doesn't mean, Brother Johnny, just one time. It means, if we could, if I could give you the, the, the RJV, RJV, Robert Harrington version, all right, RHV. I'm, a, I'm Robert Joseph, by the way. But anyhow, the RHV, the Robert Harrington version, it means that if we continually confess, that's what that word means. It doesn't mean a one-time deal. It means as we go, we're continuing to confess. It's continual. It means, listen, it means tomorrow I'm going to have to confess my sins. It means next week I'm going to have to confess my sins. Stay with me now. Because here's here's deception. Here's deception. I'm going to bring it back in because some of y'all are thinking this. Well, I can go ahead and do that. And I'll just confess it. You even heard me joke about it, right? Right? Come on now. Don't be getting all quiet on me now. Don't act like we ain't never thought about it. Well, I, you know what? I could just punch them in the mouth in Jesus' name and confess it. I'll be all good. How that works? It, it shows... If that's what you was thinking, let me get up here where you can see me. If that's what you was thinking, it shows that you're walking in darkness and you're not with the light. Because if you're walking with the light, you have fellowship with him and with one another. You want to improve your church experience? Get in a right relationship with him. Because if you're in a right relationship with him, you'll be in a right relationship with me. You'll be in a right relationship with Brother Johnny, Brother Frank, Brother Chris, Brother Dalton, Brother Jake. Unless, of course, they're walking in darkness. So tonight, the question to you is, can you see where you're going? One of the greatest privileges you and I have 
as a Christian so that we can confess our sins and God will forgive them. He desires to have fellowship with you. Preacher, I just, I'm miserable. Preacher, I, it just seems like everything in the world is against me. Jesus said when you have fellowship with him, John's telling us through Christ, when we have fellowship with him, our joy is full. Doesn't mean all the circumstances in our life are great. It means joy is full. Heads bowed with me. Find a place around the altar tonight. It's one of those convicting services that everybody needed. Because if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. Hmm. We make him a liar. And his word is not in us. David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. The context of Psalm 51 was David had sinned with Bathsheba. And in his sin, David said, Restore unto me the joy thy salvation. You know what David was saying? I have no joy until I'm in right fellowship with you. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for your word, your care for us. To give us a word from John, a word from you, a word from heaven on the importance of fellowship, the desire of fellowship. Giving us a pathway to fellowship, a warning of not having fellowship. Lord, as we survey this world, we see so many people without joy. We work with people that don't have any joy. We go to school with people that don't have any joy. We eat lunch with people who have no joy. Lord, they're searching for joy in the circumstances around them because they have mixed up joy and happiness. They're thinking the fullness of joy is impossible with the world that we live in. God, the fullness of joy comes through right fellowship with you. So Lord, may we recognize when our joy is lacking, when our joy is gone, that God, we're walking in darkness. May we fall on our face, seek your face that you may reveal 
what we need to remove from our lives. And God, may we be obedient. Lord, may we be obedient and experience the fullness of your joy by confessing those things. You've forgiven us of those things and cleansing us of all unrighteousness. Lord, I thank you for the service tonight. Thank you for the choir, the singing. Lord, I pray as we go about our day tomorrow, we're reminded of this sermon over and over. May we work to maintain fellowship with you and experience joy in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.